Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline.ag is going to take care of all of your gambling needs. We've got Pro Bowl Skills Challenge. We've got to wait a week until Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles. If you have a bet on any sports action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, seven days a week. Make sure regardless on what sport it is, Y'all go to betonline.ag. You can see that link on your screen right now. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's also on your screen right now. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I swear you were ducking me because I correctly predicted this Super Bowl matchup. You've been on the road at Senior Bowl. It's been too many moons since I've seen your face. Good morning. How you doing this morning, my man? I'm good, Mark. How you doing, bro? I am fantastic. It is Friday. And let's just get right into it, Ike. You were at the Senior Bowl. Take off. The floor is yours. What did you see? Who did you see? What stuck out to you? And we'll go from there. I'll piggyback off you. But you were boots on the ground scouting for the Steelers there. An incredible opportunity. What was your experience like? First time ever in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Make sure y'all go to Succo, C-O. Me, S-O-C-O, it's a soul food spot. Uh, I wind up going twice in a row. Make sure y'all go to Slippery Slippery Foot. It's also downtown. Both of them downtown, Mobile, Alabama. It's a breakfast spot. So from like 8 to 2 is when they open. Um, I mean, open to close. Then after you go there, make sure y'all go to Succo, S-O-C-O, downtown as well. A nice little soul food spot. Man, they got everything you're looking for. But just getting back to your question... Mark, because I know you're a foodie at times. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Getting back to your question. That was my first time. So it was a, it was a great experience for me. Um, now I know how this billion dollar industry works when you come down to running a football team. I got to see Coach T live in person mm-hmm. or my kind of GM in person. Um, Fish, Fish, Calvin Fisher, who was one of the head scouts. Uh, Danny Colbert Jr., who was uh, the, the director of college personnel um, and the assistant GM. I just got to see them work in motion. You know, so it was just good seeing um, I always thought behind the scenes, but actually seeing how they wake up, you know, turn into the Hulk during that time. Um, that was fun for me. But I saw I saw a few corners that I had that they had me uh, run tape on and grade. I got to, I got to see them live in person, you know, so um, we interviewed 70, 70 something players. Um, I got to go through that process uh, just listening and, 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 and seeing where these kids come from. Uh, what they had to go through to get to where they are. That was very impressive to me. But me, as far as like being a scout, I'm just going through the process, doing everything the ups have me doing. But um, just getting to see the kids live in person, you know, practice is everything. 
uh, listening to them talk than actually getting on the field. So for me, it's like uh, you 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 having a you having a baby, and you want to see your baby grow. Like if you like somebody um, at a partic particular position, you just want to see them grow because you want to be able to drive them because you see they might be able to help the team and the organization. So uh, Mark, man, that was just fun getting to see a lot of coaches, getting to see a lot of other scouts, networking. Um, saw a lot of colleges there as well representing. Uh, the players that they had at the school. So for me, man, it was just a totally good situation, a totally good experience. But uh, for me, man, I just uh, I just appreciate, you know, the Rooney's and that family to allow me to have this uh, opportunity. Uh, one, I'm not taking for granted, but yeah, Mobile, Alabama showed nothing but love, man. It's a good old country city. Town. Right. Ike, we're a uh, lot to unpack there. I'm going to start off. This is the number one question I wanted to ask you coming into today's show. Okay. Did you see Mike Tomlin give any prospect the same look he gave George Pickens at the Georgia Pro Day around this time a year ago? Yeah, you got damn right. But I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, yeah I saw a few. <laughs> okay. You, but I'm, I'm not gonna say. But you know, that's Coach T. Like Coach T. Football isn't a football and coaching and teaching is an addiction for Coach T. Uh, like I, I finally saw that. Like it's not a job for him. Like. He's addicted to football. He's addicted to the process. He's addicted to coaching. He's addicted to teaching. He loves going through everything you got to go through. Like Coach T, I was like, hey, Coach T, I ain't never seen this out of Coach T before. Like I seen him as a coach. I seen him, I, I seen him getting 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 athletes personalized and, and help them to grow and develop to be men, but I ain't never seen coach in this kind of environment. So I was just sitting because uh, Coach T was on the field. I'm sure everybody saw Coach T on the field from TV. Yeah. I was, I was sitting up in the suites, and I'm just looking at Coach T and how he moving. And I'm like, I told one of the uh, – I told DC. Matter of fact, I told Danny Cove. I'm like, man, he's a, this is addiction for Coach. I say, this is, this, is, this is a drug for Coach. Coach just really loved football. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yep. So just to see that from Coach T – I'm like, man, now I see why he can go from two to two and six to nine and eight during the course of a season. Um, because you have to love, uh, you have to be an addict, a student, a teacher, a dad, a uncle, a CEO, a coach of the game. And everybody can't wear them hats, Mark. But if it's one person who could, who have shown over the course of plenty of years, it's Coach T. I, I I'm watching from afar and I see on my Twitter feed, it just pops up where it's like Mike Tomlin, not officially coaching at the senior bowl, but saunters onto the field and who's going to say no to Mike Tomlin, given his experience, what he brings to the table, his knowledge as well. And it was just like, Oh man, here we go yet again, because we've seen this time and time again, whether it's at different combines at different college all-star games in, advance of the draft, you know, he does the full process. And I also think that it's telling that he, Omar Khan and the Rooney families are all in sync and in synergy with what, with one another, with what they're trying to do collectively as an organization. And Ike, I'm telling you this right now, collectively throughout sports, not just the NFL, that's very rare. Yeah. That is very rare. Yeah, the, the the fact that the coaches on both sides, the American and national side, allow Coach T uh, to be 
on the field. Wish he was allowed to be on the field anyway. Like, who's going to tell Who's going to say no? Who's going to say no? Yeah, who's going to say no to Coach T? Like, Coach T is on the field to help. He ain't on the field to to do anything else but to to to, to help in any particular way he can. So, Coach T got on the field. He was more of a servant to, like, coaches. Like, anything y'all need, just let me know. Matt, this is, this is, this is y'all realm. I'm just here to serve. So, but at the same time, we won't tell Coach T no. Like, if you got a coach like that, um, and I heard one of the players say, like, they were starstruck over Coach T. So, if you got a coach like that who's been that successful in that organization, mm-hmm. who's going to tell them no in football? Like, if Coach T came in and, well, I don't, I don't care. Coach T is more than just, like, a football coach. He's a great speaker as well. So, wherever Coach T at, you always got to roll out the red carpet. But, like I say, ain't nobody going to tell Coach T no. The Steelers have the 17th pick. They have the 32nd pick in the trade for Chase Claypool to the Bears. They have their 49th pick. Those are their first and second round picks, three picks in the top 50, Ike. And I was trying to figure out which position group do I want to go with first. I do want to get your insight about the defensive backs. But yesterday I had the chance to speak with NFL draft analyst Joe DeLeon with the Believe Network, and he kept bringing up Wisconsin defensive lineman. I've got his name in my notes here. Keanu Binton. And it was just like, Ike, I love TJ Watt up front, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward and company. But from the reports I read and from the footage that I saw, this was a player who just consistently caused disruption. What did you see from the Wisconsin product in your eyes and your opinion during practice? Yeah, Keanu just, uh, from from my perspective, just dominated. Being consistent at dominating. For a guy to be that big and that agile was very impressive. And that's 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 a lot of things you can't coach. That's just God-given talent. Keanu had to work on that and not be lazy on his ability. And for him, there is no there is no limit, ain't no ceiling for him. So Keanu just dominated. And then and then you see the the, the short amount of space between the center and the guards, how much they can work with, and it's little to nothing. So for him to have um a box full of tools to be able to maneuver bull rush. Uh, uh, spin, um, get skinny. What I mean by get skinny is turn side and make sure you don't give the offense a guard, a tackle, or center your whole body. It was very, very impressive. A quick first step was very impressive. So when I saw that from Keanu, I was like, man, this dude's special. Then you just keep hearing his name coming up over and over and over and over and over. And then you just watch him on tape and you watch him in practice. He's like, all right, this little dude, the real deal. Joe told me, and it's not to say he's Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald-like in the way that he plays. Um, And here's the reality with the Steelers, too. We love Cam Hayward. He's an all-pro player. He's been fantastic. He's 33 years old. So you've got to get some additional depth there. I think it's something that the Steelers did with Larry Ogunjobi, a player who's now going to be a free agent. you got to decide, are you going to bring him back? I know they bring in DeMarvin Leal as well. But to me, there's nothing wrong with improving what you can do up front at the line of scrimmage. And there, from what Joe told me, Ike, and if this sentiment is wrong, please please say so. But he was saying the linemen were the thing, at least at the senior bowl, and I know you don't have the underclassmen players, but the linemen were the most impressive uh, group of, you know, compared to the skill position players. He said the linemen really stuck out to him. Yeah, that was the first time I ever really got to see offensive linemen work. Like I see, I see it on tape, um, but that's like – you no, know, when I play, watch a game tape, <clears throat> but but actually in practice to see it up close, to see them live, to see them go through drills, to see them do one on ones. It's like when I was at practice, you heard it 
from a distance when somebody was kicking somebody's ass, like you heard and you turn around and look, it's too late. Then they might show it, they might show it on in the meeting or something. But just to see it live in person, like um, I would say between that O and D line, that was very impressive. That was probably the strength in my mind uh, for, the, for the senior bowl between those two. It's a lot of talent between the offense and defensive line. And them boys was getting after it respectfully. Were there any other defensive linemen that stuck out to you, Ike? Or if you want to go to the DBs, we can. But um, did you see any other D linemen that that stuck out to you at the senior bowl practices? You know, they they, they had some inside linebackers um, that stuck out to me. Ivan Pace, Cincinnati, he stuck out to me. Um, my young man from Jackson State, he was a dog. So you know, it was a few linebackers that I did like. Um, interior guys, they handle their business. So they had a few offensive linemen out, like I don't really want to say because I don't really want to get too much in depth. But, yeah. uh, okay, okay. But yeah, yeah, man, it, it, it was impressive. And it, like you said, Mark, if you want to talk about the strength in my mind to this to this bowl game, it would have to be the offense and defense alignment that was done. All right, Ike, you know I'm on record saying this because you had Pouncey and David DeCastro anchor the interior of the Steelers line for a decade DeCastro, the last offensive lineman the Steelers drafted in the first or the second round. That is a streak I would like to see come to an end this year. You know I've said this before, but I will say that again. Let's go. To, do you want to go to offensive linemen? You want to go to DBs, Ike? You, you direct me here and we'll take off. Well, you know, um, I had I had a few DBs that we talked about yeah. um, during, during the fall that I got an opportunity to see during the senior bowl, you know, so um Tariq um was very impressive in my mind uh Julius Brent uh, Kansas State 6'3 and w- when you say 6'3 for the NFL it's really 6'5 on your driver's license so he was he was, he was really tall <laughs> he's tall as heck so got opportunity to see some of those guys um oh um Georgia safety um, Christopher Smith yeah he was was very well coached well coached you can tell Coach Kirby, when it comes down to that secondary, man, them guys well coached, the IQ super high. So just 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 seeing a couple of guys that I I, I like watch watching up close in person, um, seeing how they move in the environment where there's nothing but other you know uh, all stars. So uh, you 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 just from a from a DB perspective, you kind of want to see every scenario. You want to see them get beat, see how they come back and respond. You want to see them you want to see them catch a cramp come back and see if they get back in the game. You want to see if they have some kind of physicality getting off wide receiver blocks and wanting to make the tackle. So that's like the small things I see. Um, You want to see them get hit with a double move. Can they recover from it? So it's just a few things. You want to see the consistency as well. Can he play off? Um, Can he play, can he play bump and run? What what does he like to do in certain situations, 32, 35? So, you know, you got to look at all that, you know, from a left corner to a right corner. If you're a right corner, you know, usually your best tackler from a right corner perspective because the quarterbacks are right-handed and uh, the weak side linebacker usually don't get out as fast because he's looking the other way. The strength to the defense is always to the left. The left side corner, you know, you got to be very instinctive. Your IQ got to be high because you got to be able to read formations because usually the quarterback is throwing to the right side, which is the left side of the defense. So it's just looking at all that kind of stuff, Morgan. I got opportunity to see these guys up close in person couple things Joe told me about, and he was talking about the linemen when he said this, but they're going through individual drills, some one-on-ones too, where your muscle memory, Ike, from going left to right, right to left, 
you know, it's not that a player's not able to do that, but the muscle memory and the footwork and the technique that is taught. And he said that really stuck out with a few linemen. Yeah. Um, but he wanted me to ask you about Christopher Smith out of Georgia specifically, just because this was a player who played on a dominant Georgia defense filled with dogs. And right. he said that, you know, Smith really stuck out to him because his ability was more so showcased. Whereas when he was at Georgia, you have such a dominant front seven, you really don't have to do a ton on the back end. And so he was saying how, like, if he was matched up a tight end, he could lock him up. If he was playing in the nickel and guarding receivers, he could do that. And he said, this was just a player that really stuck out to him. So to hear you say that, even before I ask you a question, lets me know, hey, Joe's got a good eye for this as well. Yeah, you know, Chris Chris did his thing. He did his thing. I mean, he's just super. Um, you know, them boys got to wait two, two years. And what, what I like about just talking to the Georgia athletes, they love competing with each other. They don't mind waiting their freshman and sophomore year to play their junior senior year because they know guys in front and behind them are dogs just as well as them, you know, literally on the field. So um, what Coach Kirby have done, because he is a secondary coach, he did play um, in the secondary when he played. Him and Coach Musk, uh, must check, not must check, must count. Uh, those two guys, they 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 live, they fiery. Um, when you have a secondary coach, when you have a coach who's a head coach, but by nature he's a secondary coach, he's gonna make sure his secondary is well intact. He just so happened to be a head coach, um, a hell of a recruiting coordinator, and he's getting number of dogs coming to Georgia. But yeah, the IQ is just high. The the, the knowledge of football is just high coming from Smith. Um, <clears throat> could be out of position sometimes, but just knowing formation is going to put them back in position. So when you when you a DB uh, and you're coming from Kirby Smart, you're coming with a high IQ in the show that he displayed that consistently out there on the field. I, I'm excited to talk with you in the coming weeks about all of this because we could nerd out about the Senior Bowl, but remember, all the underclassmen players aren't at the Senior Bowl. It's only for the senior players, so... Um, I'm excited to talk to you in the coming weeks when we do our position breakdowns as well, where we go top five by position. And um, there are a ton of guys that we could mention, but it's really, you know, we're starting to do this analysis in advance of April's draft. So a lot of work between now and then, but Ike, we still have got the Super Bowl too. Uh, before we move on and discuss a few other topics here on the show today, Ike, is there anything else you want to make mention of that I haven't asked you about? Um. No, Mark, you're pretty much hitting it on the head. You know, I, I think the strength in my mind was the O and D line. I think it was very impressive because a lot of guys played new positions and they learned it just like that. And I'm talking about between the offensive line and moving from, from, from tackle to guard or from center to guard or from guard to center. You know, uh, some of these coaches want to see can these guys, you know, able to adjust on the go in a split second. And them guys did real well on the offensive side is, is, is what I saw. So, yeah, I think you pretty much hitting everything on the head so far when it comes down to topics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ike. And so, again, in the coming weeks, we get to this. Before we move on, I lied. I got one more question, Ike. Okay. What kind of food did you have in Mobile? I know you gave shout-out at the top of the show to the two establishments that you went to. You said you ate some soul food. What did you have while you were there? Um, you know, the catfish with the shrimp and grits. Um, oh. They, so they had the catfish with the oh. shrimp and grits. Then they, then they wind up having a... Uh, they had a they had a crawfish a crawfish gravy and they put the toasted garlic bread underneath like a like a little soup or something. Man, I damn near ate the whole stove when it came down to that. Man, I had to had to save some for other other clients sitting up in that thing, man. So 
man, the food over there was just, you know, in, in the country, man, they, they just cook with they, they love to cook, so they cook with love. So when you when you cook with love, you can taste it. So that's 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 what I had for dinner at Soko. From slippery uh foot, um, I just had like the uh and what I had an omelet. I had an omelet. My mama went in the back, Miss Cheryl, she went in the back, she was like, Look, I'm gonna go to, I got some bread pudding and some uh some sauce to put on top of it. I'm gonna put it in the microwave for a couple of minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to you. And I wind up smoking that too. So it wasn't nothing but love coming from Mobile. I love that, Ike. I've only driven through, I've been down to Gulf Shores, Alabama, and I hope you didn't have any war stories trying to get to Mobile because I know a lot of people had trouble getting there from yeah. the first place. But I'm glad you're back safe and everything too and tremendous insight from the Senior Bowl. That game we played 2.30 Eastern time Saturday afternoon, the game itself and getting on-field access, I just – a perspective we really can't get from anywhere else. But we will move on a few other topics we need to talk about. There's some rumors out there, Ike. Speaking of DBs, whether the Steelers should pursue Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Now, the Rams in a bit of a transition period because they really don't have any draft picks. The dinner bill is due after their Super Bowl title. And so this is a player who signed a $100 million contract for five years, so he's making an average of, $20 million on this deal. Steelers don't have a ton of salary cap space as it stands right now. Obviously they can change. They can restructure deals. They do it every year. But Ike, to me, the priority would be let's re-sign Cam Sutton. Let's maybe go after a DB in the draft because I know the Steelers don't draft based on position need. They draft on best available, but you've got some studs at offensive line, defensive line and corner in this draft and in this draft, you can get a position, a position player, uh, whether it's a DB in the first round, the second round, who's going to not quite do what Jalen Ramsey does, but can be your corner for the future. So that's how I would approach this. I would say no to this, just given his price tag, 28 years old and elite level player, Ike. But, you know, what do you make of these rumors about the Steelers potentially pursuing Jalen Ramsey? I mean, would you love to have a Jalen Ramsey on on your team? Yes. Um, yeah. And just the personality. You, you, you know, Jalen's just a damn dog on the field. And you can't coach that, you know. So the question is, at what cost? And you just said it's going to cost you 20 per per year. Um. All right, Jalen, if you – can we restructure your deal? If you come to Pittsburgh, that would be on Jalen. The number will have to be good enough, and you will have to feel comfortable enough on that number. Um, so, yes, in my mind, I would love to have a Jalen Ramsey um, come to Pittsburgh and be able to play in that secondary. Um, but like you say, we got three picks in the top 49 picks mm -hmm. in a in draft. So Pittsburgh can look at it both ways. Um, we can highlight Jalen, give Jalen a number, see if he bite on it, or we can just work. We can just find something younger, cheaper um, value and can groom him into being what we want him to be in a draft. So. Uh, that's that's what Pittsburgh gonna look at both of the situations, but um they 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 like to build during the draft. Of late, when you get a Minka, um when you get a Minka, a swap for a swap, we all we all see now that it just worked out perfect for Minka and the Pittsburgh still as an All Pro pretty much every damn year. Um, but yeah, Jalen, don't forget Jalen is young too as well, 20, 28 years old and young. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jalen can play till he's about 30, 32, 34. Um, it just depends on Jalen. So he still got four good years left in him um, to be able to play at a high level. So 
it just depends on what the Pittsburgh Steelers thinking. But then again, you can get you a 22 and a half year old kid and, you know, groom him into being the Steelers that you want him to be during the draft. Can you imagine, though, you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka and Jalen Ramsey paired together. You wouldn't be able to throw to an entire side of the field. So you're dictating what an offense has to try to do even to move the football like. That to me is just like that tandem of Minka and Jalen Ramsey would instantly be the NFL's best, the best two DB tandem in the league. Yeah, no question. You got all pro corner, you got all pro safety. Um, both of them sitting in their prime, you know. So, and and both of them, and Jalen comes with a huge personality on that field, and he he brings the level of intensity, uh, sky high, satellite high, so to say. So that will help a secondary as well too. You can only imagine how much he's going to compete in the practice. So him and George Pickens going at it. You can only imagine how to practice. So, man, it's just, it's just you know, when you got a guy like Jalen, you can't say there's too many Jalens in the league. You know, there's only one Jalen. So you put him and Minka back down that secondary, man, if you're that other corner, you better watch out because you're going to have a lot of – so either you're going to be getting benched early or you're going to be getting paid ASAP if you make plays. So that's how you got to look at it. From, from that standpoint, if Jalen was to come to Pittsburgh. That opportunity, Ike, and then if this were to come to fruition, and look, I mean, if I had to pr- put a percentage on it, I wouldn't say it's high. But I think about it, if this were to come to fruition, think about what this does for T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith. Like, I think about it from the standpoint where, oh, I know that I have an opportunistic secondary sitting behind me that can cover for extended periods longer than your average player. Okay. I am going to break Michael Strahan's single season sack record. So the confidence and the swagger that Ramsey brings to the table too, like it's a great point. And honestly, something that I didn't really even factor in um, just because you look at his ability. And again, what he does to offenses and based on reputation alone, Right. Offenses aren't going to throw his way uh, just because he's proven time and time and time again what he can do in this league. Yeah. I mean, Jalen, I mean, you saw what he did in Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville couldn't keep him because of the cost. Then you saw what he did wind up getting a Super Bowl, and he was like one of the missing pieces for the L.A. Rams. But then when you talk to, like, guys on his team, they say as soon as Jalen stepped on the field, like, the intensity, the intensity just went all the way up. Like he, he made everybody get better. They say iron sharpens iron. So you can only imagine Cooper Rush just going against Jalen. I ain't gonna say Jalen going against Cooper Rush. I like Coop, but I love Jalen. So mm-hmm. you can, you can just see, you can just imagine, man, them practices and the intensity level of them practices. That's why I said if, if Pittsburgh was to get, if we was to get Jalen, him and George going at it. So you got a guy in his prime, and you got a pup who's an alien. So you can only. He's just so having to build other guys. That would be crazy. He had a career high, 88 tackles in the 2022 season. Two sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, four interceptions, 18 passes defended, Ike. So still opportunistic, still had a very strong season, despite that the Rams as a team overall did not, as they were trying to defend their Super Bowl title. Now, a lot of injuries. Again, you know, I make the analogy your bills finally do where you got to pay other players and your team's not going to be same year to year. And that certainly happened with the Rams this season, but right. Ramsey at 28 years old, still playing at a very, very high level. Like 
And listen, I, I've got to list this out really quickly for what the Steelers do, because right now, as it stands, they have about a million dollars in salary cap space, but they can restructure deals. Mitch Trubisky's salary cap hit is going to be more than $10 million this upcoming season. Now, Steelers could save $8 million if they decide, hey, we're going to cut him outright. And remember, our guy Josh Jobs is a free agent. So if the Steelers need a backup quarterback, I'm thinking from the standpoint of if you can get a similar level of production for half the cost, that's something that you strongly need to consider because Kenny Pickett's going to be your starter from day one, mini camp, training camp, moving forward, preseason into the regular season next season. So do you want to pay Mitch Trubisky that much money as a backup? You might need him, though, because Pickett got hurt with his concussions this last year. So whoever the backup quarterback is, that's going to be important. Now, I don't think Rudolph will come back, but that's something that the Steelers are going to have to figure out in the offseason. few other players that the Steelers would save money if they cut before June 1st. William Jackson, the third, the corner that they acquired, they'd save more than $12 million. Miles Jack at $8 million, Akella Witherspoon at four, Gunnar Oroszewski at $2 million, Montrevious Adams at two and a half, Ike. Look, some of those players will be back in 2023, Ike, but of everyone I just named, at least one of those players on this on that list will not be a Steeler in 2023. I promise you that. No, nah, you 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 know I you know I ain't gonna I ain't gonna blue check you, but you you on point. You you on you on point right now. I ain't gonna verify you right now, but you know we 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 you you definitely you definitely coming up in our meetings, and uh, you you about to get the blue check. So, but yeah, you ain't you ain't too far for what you're saying. Mark, you can't keep everybody. The salary cap does go up this year. I think it's it's going to be the highest ever in NFL history when the salary mm-hmm. goes up. So we'll see what it, when when that sets. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers will have room to play. Well, also when in, in your GM and Omar Khan, he uh he also deals with the cap and and he's a salary guy. So you got a guy who pretty much do both. That that was his forte before he became a GM. So he got a few tools in his toolbox when it comes down to adjusting. The, the the salaries and uh, getting that cap to where it needs to get to. So, yeah, they're going to restructure a few guys, uh, contracts on that list. A few guys ain't going to be on the roster as well, but that's just a part of the business. But, yeah, uh, money 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 is going to get moved. And the cap will be as much money as the Pittsburgh Steelers need to work. They will figure that out. Absolutely. I, I, this is something that, like, every year, I, like, I freak out about. You've helped calm me down with the, the contract restructuring is a big thing. And I remember a few years back, they had to do that with Ben in his final year. And you get creative with it. But when you do this for as long as both the Roonies have, Omar Khan, his predecessor, Kevin Colbert, uh, there's a reason why the Steelers have been as successful as they are. But yeah, moving money around is essentially what's happening here. I'm trying to read the tea leaves, though, as well, Ike. We will move on, though. And Tom Brady announces his retirement, Ike. Is it for good though? Yeah, he came out with it first. I think I think the first the first he came out with it first on the second run. I think on the first one it was kind of leaked that like he was thinking about retiring and somebody said Tom Brady's gonna retire. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady was like, Man, whoever was in my whoever's in my in my on my team or in my circle, they gotta go. Because I I Tom Brady is supposed to be saying this, not nobody else. So I, I, now since Tom Brady came out the second time and said it first, I think Tom was like on the first time, effing I'm coming back just to prove, just to give it one more shot. So Tom, you know, came out on social media and said it himself 
that he's retiring. He ain't coming back. Tom ain't coming back. Tom Tom feels like he did everything he needed to do. He gave it one last shot, came up short, uh, been playing for a long time. I mean, a man 45 years old at a high level. So, T, you know, I don't call Tom the good. I call Tom the statue. You know, Tom just sits on uh, Mount Rushmore all the way at the top, and everybody else just kind of falls underneath him. You know, to 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 have seven Super Bowl rings, to be the t- to go to ten, uh, to do what Tom has done, to pass for over a hundred thousand yards between regular and playoffs, um, to have the most fourth quarter drives, to have the most clutch drives, to have the most touchdowns, like just to be able to play at forty five at a high level. Um, obviously, Father Time did catch up with him. Um, you ain't gonna beat Father Time. That's just what it is, and you saw that a little bit throughout this season, but. I'm just super impressed on how good of a teammate Tom is. You know, anybody who talks about Tom who who once was his teammate, they have nothing but good things to say. I mean, Tom always has been one of the guys. And usually quarterbacks, they're not one of the guys because they got to walk, talk, and act a certain way because they're the CEO, they're the face of the franchise. But Tom always been one of the guys, you know. So when you got a six-round draft pick, always play with that chip on his shoulder embrace the 53rd guy on the roster always wanted the 53rd guy on the roster to 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 be next to him in the locker room because them two can them two have something to relate upon that says a lot about time you know and for time to leave new england all the accomplishments he had in new england and wind up going to tampa during COVID, during COVID, during COVID, like the beginning of COVID when it was kicking them off of Mm -hmm. high school or, or or recreational um parks because he wanted to get some work in with his guys and to be able to come off a couple of months and win the super bowl that said it all for me that's that 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 just verified on how we thought as a player like yeah they had some good coaches in new england and I'm, I'm not knocking belichick or any other coach in new england but we all felt like it was just time like tom tom made everything go and then when tom left new england and come off and come through during the COVID, just a couple of months down there a couple of weeks um, started off kind of slow, but you knew he was going to figure it out, wind up winning the Super Bowl. You're like, oh, yeah, I told y'all it was time. So time just been very impressive um, over the course of his career. But the most impressive thing for me is everybody who's been around time said he's a hell of a teammate and he always been one of the boys. There's a great book I call The Season in the Sun, documenting the Buccaneers Super Bowl run written by Lars Anderson that talks about everything Brady needed to do working virtually with Bruce Arians, with Byron Leftwich, with his teammates and the coordination that that took during COVID. So I don't think that that can be hit home hard enough because it was a different world when all that was going on. It was a very different offseason, unlike any we've ever seen due to the pandemic, um, you bring up a, a couple of other great points. Um, a year ago, when all this was going on, when the initial retirement was released, I was in the newsroom that day, and it initially got released through Tom Brady's TB12 Twitter account for his like hygiene, uh, uh, not hygiene, but for like his um, like athletic supplements and everything and everything that he does with, you know, the avocado ice cream, but you know, the fitness routine and then what, you know, what he eats and what he consumes. I remember when the announcement came out, they had leaked out a tweet that then subsequently got deleted and then Brady came out with it. Um, 
And then I remember too, when he decided to come back several weeks later, it was on selection Sunday and they've got the selection show on CBS psych. And then you get into the bracketology where you get in the analysis of the men's bracket on ESPN. And I remember Adam Schefter coming on saying now Tom Brady is coming out of retirement. And it's like, wait a second, I'm here to listen to basketball analysis of who I need to pick in the first, second rounds, who's making my sweet 16 and Adam Schefter's coming on. It just about broke my brain. Ike when Tom Brady decided to come out of retirement, if he does that again, to me, it will remind me a lot of the Brett Favre saga. And I remember they had the choppers going outside of Brett Favre's house at the facility, both in New York and in Minnesota, where you're in the dog days of summer, you're in June, Really, there's only baseball going on in the sports world, and it was must-watch television. I hope if Brady does decide this is it, that he is definite and this is his final decision. Ultimately, whatever he decides, like, we're going to watch because it's going to be must-watch TV. No, it, it, he here. Uh, Tom, Tom, Tom is here. Tom, Tom. So, so you don't think – hang on, Ike. You don't think if there's a contender – midway through next season that has an injury at the quarterback position to say, Hey, Tom, we could use your help and your services that he would want to do it. Nah, cause you're going to be on TV. I mean, a man just did a 10 for 370, 375 million, 10 years, 375 million. So yeah, yeah he, he, he ain't really tripping. He can do whatever he want to do. He can still be in the game, but not be in the game. That's what Tom at. But the fact that Tom came out with it first mm-hmm. says a lot. You know that 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 says on the first on the first go around the time like man whoever was in his camp like man y'all tripping I gotta fire you, but Tom came out with it first and he specifically said to himself that he gone he started off with man I'm retiring so Tom ain't coming back man you know Tom did Tom did everything he needed to do seven seven Super Bowls seven Super Bowls seven Super Bowls seven Super Bowls. so I got more Super Bowls than any other you know, any other organization that was Tom walking around saying. That's what Tom say. Really, Tom is an organization. Like, have y'all have y'all been to uh, Tom Brady? No, what's Tom Brady? Oh yeah, it's an organization with seven Super Bowl rings. So that's how Tom walking around. That's how he talking. But the dude is very impressive, man. Tom ain't coming back in my mind. I don't think Tom is coming back. Yeah. Tom yeah. Sure. And if he goes to the booth, though, I mean, Greg Olson's been outstanding for Fox. To me, that carousel in the broadcast booth. Do you bring Brady in with? Burkhart and Olsen for Fox. Do we like, cause here's the thing. It is Tom Brady. Everyone knows who Tom Brady is, right. but Olsen throughout this playoffs, Ike, I have been so impressed because like you, and you have this ability to, you're able to, the way you're able to speak about the game. If you are very knowledgeable about football, you're teaching someone else something about football that they didn't know, but you're able to explain it in a way to someone who doesn't know the first thing about the sport to where it makes sense to them. That's rare, Ike. Yeah, I appreciate you. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift that I, I didn't know I had. Until re- really, Troy, my teammate, told me this in coaching. He was like, bro, you're a real good coach. Like, he came down and saw me coach my son when my son was 10, uh, a few games, him and Big Twan. And he was like, bro, I'm very impressed. I was like, he was like, bro, how you coach? Like I couldn't see it, I couldn't see it in you, Ike, until I actually sat on the field and saw you do it. So, um, I mean, you just verify what 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 Troy said as well. But you know, I'm, 
Oh no, it's a gift. It's a gift, Mark. I really can't explain it. Um, the great teachers and and and, and professors. They can, they can slim it down to where everybody can understand. A lot of people can't do that. And this from TV to our podcast, to me talking and speaking in front of people. This this just what it is, but it's a gift from God. That, that's how I look at it, Mark. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, final segment of the show, Ike. Super mm-hmm. Bowl 57 matchup is set. I swear you've been ducking me because I correctly predicted both of these teams getting into the game. We're going to be breaking this down in full all next week. But I, what I wanted to ask you is, what do you think the biggest storyline is going into Super Bowl 57? And again, we'll get into our full analysis next week. But if you had to pick one storyline going into this game, what is that in your opinion? Man, it's, it's Jalen versus, versus P. Holmes. Like, P. P. Holmes just... Patrick Mahomes, man, he just continues to impress. You know, I mean, high ankle sprain, um, limping like hell, and that ain't that. They 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 say knock on wood because I never had a high ankle sprain. They say you would rather break your leg than have a high ankle sprain because it's a nagging injury. But for Pat to come off a couple of couple of days, and for him to have to get that third and eight and you know running was gonna hurt him you know sitting in the pocket hurts but actually running like man this 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 either KC in a Super Bowl or die and just to see the way Patrick Mahomes pretty much just gave everything he had to win that ball game was very impressive very impressive because you 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 now now you see everything you know you know if you let him sit in the pocket which everybody keeps saying when you let Patrick Mahomes sit in the pocket, he's not as magical. He proved that. Okay, now Patrick Mahomes, when he's healthy, he's hell. He'll throw for four touchdowns anytime he want to. Now let me see what Patrick Mahomes can do hurt on the high ankle spray. <laughs> so you 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 catch it like Patrick is doing everything. He's writing chapters in his book, playing hurt, um, losing cheetah, um, playing healthy, uh, finally beating Joe Burrow and company from losing three in a row. Like, he's showing you, and as a player, I just continue to keep watching him because you always want to see next phases of athletes. Okay, I know what he can do when he's healthy, but what he going to do when he hurt. Okay, I, all right, he lost probably the fastest dude in the league. All right, what he going to do? Okay, um, he got a short week of practice Will he be the same Patrick Mahomes? No, I got to switch it up. Okay, now it's a crucial moment in the game. Will Patrick, will Patrick Mahomes be able to scramble? There you go. So Patrick Mahomes, over the course of his career, he has done, done nothing but just write chapters. If people paying attention um, in his life, his football life, that's very impressive, Mark. My niece and nephew are growing up in the Kansas City area. I, uh, my brother and I, we had the opportunity to grow up in the Chicago suburbs. So we got to appreciate Michael Jordan's greatness in the 90s. And we got to grow up that that was part of our childhood and our youth. And when I'm learning to read, write and spell, when I'm learning numbers, you know, 23 in the Bulls, Michael Jordan, it's synonymous with the city of Chicago. 
And I liken that to what Patrick Mahomes is doing in Kansas City, um, now that my family is there. And that's the level that I think about it of they're going to get to root for someone who by and large is an upstanding guy in this league and that, you know, not to say anyone's perfect, but it, it warms my heart that this is someone he'll get to root on and cheer for as he learns to learns the sport and as he starts to grow up in life and learns to love sports, something that my, my dad passed down to me, Ike. And so outside of football, um, I take comfort in that with, with Patrick Mahomes and what the chiefs have been able to do. Having said all of this, the way that the Eagles have played this season in a dominant fashion and a variety of ways, right. I do think that they have to be favored in this game, and there's reason for that. And if I were picking right now, Ike, and we'll talk a lot about this next week, I'm picking the Eagles. And I look at the number of total rushing touchdowns they've scored this season, 39, most by a team in history. And you tell me all the time late in the season – and it's a cliche, and people can roll their eyes about it all they want to. Come November, December, January, February football, it's a little bit different than what you have early on in the season in September and October. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about P. Holmes. Let's talk about Jay Hurts mm -hmm. and the adversity Jay Hurts had to overcome when he got to. Um, matter of fact, let's swap it. Let's just go all the way back. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama. So he, he You're in my brain, from, Ike. Yeah, he go from Alabama, wind up getting sat down in in a whole national championship game, come back. So you know what? Let me go to Oklahoma. Go to Oklahoma. Damn hey, hang on, Ike. Hang on, Ike. It was he gets benched in the national championship game, and then in the following season, Tua's the starter. Tua's struggling. Remember, they brought Hurts in off the bench in the SEC championship game, and he was ready, and he delivered. And he could have pouted and said, hey, I'm getting benched. I'm not getting my opportunity. But when his number was called and Bama needed it in an SEC title game in a must-win game, he delivered, Ike. I'll never forget that. Yeah, so he, he, he got set down, came back, delivered. Then he wound up going to Oklahoma, going to Oklahoma, wind up almost winning the Heisman mm -hmm. at Oklahoma. Getting drafted by a city in Philly, you know, it's tough in Philly. It's tough in Philly. I mean, um, when Philly first started – Two years ago when they got their head coach, they didn't start off too well, man. They was throwing roses at their coach, the fans. So everybody know when you go to Philly, it's going to be a tough city. Ain't no, ain't no such. They say it's brotherly love, but that's a tough love in Philly. You got to be mentally strong if you're going to do anything in Philly. So he wound up coming to Philly, man. I don't think they really embraced him like that. You could just tell looking from a distance. But, man, he always overcame adversity. He always embraced adversity. But he always been like the natural leader, the natural captain. Like, everybody who talked about Jalen Hurts, they had nothing but good things to say. Like, everybody understood, like, Jalen Hurts could possibly outwork you in the weight room. Jalen Hurts going to study his butt off in the film room and do everything he needs to do. So Jalen Hurts is really and truly the franchise face of the Philadelphia Eagles. So Jalen Hurts wind up, Jalen Hurts wind up getting hurt as well throughout the season. Well, what the hell are he going to do in the playoff time later on during the season? Can he shake back? Jalen Hurts then shook back. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts for me, man, he's just – he's every he, he checks every box you want him to check off on being a quarterback. So that's why when the moment is big, he's accustomed. He's just used to it. By the way, I got legs to run. So when you said 39 touchdowns, Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen got 15 of them 39 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. 
mark. So now it's really and truly 11 on 11. And what I mean by 11 on 11 is, man, you, you, you got to have a spy. So when you have a spy, either you're taking somebody out the blitz or now it's one-on-one -on -one coverage between Adams and Brown, and, you know, they're going to give you hell. So um, it, it's just a special and unique situation over there. 2,000-yard receiver sitting over there. You got a 1,000-yard running back, and you got a quarterback who rushed for 15 touchdowns. That's that's very hard on the mentals as a D.C. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. That's <laughs> all day. That's Jason all day. That's Elvis Hood's hands all day. That's Chucky all day if you're a defense <laughs> coordinator. So um, they just got something special going on. And I do agree with you, Mark. I think the Philadelphia Eagles will win the Super Bowl because mm -hmm. I'm just looking at their defensive line. So oh. they got to rotate between six to seven coming off the bench. That's why them boys stay fresh. And all they say is go green light. That's all that's all that line do is green light everything. And they're able and they're and they play off of each other. Usually when you see guys have success, you know, it's a lot of guys that, you know, like, why ain't getting my sacks? No, all them guys embracing and love each other and they all getting sacks just depending on the situation of the game. So and they they and they acclaimed a few guys um during the during the season from free agency. And they, they just hitting right now. So they're clicking on all cylinders right now in Philadelphia. It ain't nothing they can't do, to be honest with you. You know, you ain't got a blitz at all. You can just get the pressure all the time from the foe. And by the way, man, we got the best offensive line. Everybody on the offensive line is going to the Pro Bowl. So Yeah, they've got like three Pro Bowlers on the offensive line, Ike. And it was just like I had to do a double take when I was watching one of their playoff games. It was like, wait a second. It was just like, yeah, we're that dominant up front at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they just they just got they 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 the they the complete package, Mark. They they I mean, and everything starts up front. You know, I I, I got a I got a hell of a D line. I got the best O line, and from that point, you ain't really got to say too much because from a front office standpoint, that's exactly what you want. You want the best D line. You want the best O line, and the coaches they can pretty much coach however they want coach after that. Mm -hmm. But that's the foundation of the, of a house. You know, we use this analogy. You know, when you build a house, you build it from the ground up. And that's exactly what the Philadelphia's, Philadelphia Eagles did on both sides. They built it from the line from the line up. Ike, next week will be Super Bowl media day. What was the best question you got asked as a player? Man, I don't even know, man. We were clowning so much. Mark, Mark me and my homeboys on, on that media day sitting up on the podiums. Mark, we were we were clowning, cutting up. We was cutting up. We were having so much fun. Really, really, that got me into TV because ain't nobody really know my uh um ain't nobody really know my uh my personality. So you know, doing the interviews and doing and doing and getting on the podium, they're like, hold on, you know, little Slum got a little swag with him. And once that once that came out, you know, then that's when the calls start coming in about you know possibly being guests on shows. So I just had to figure out who I was um, on TV. So, and I remember producer just told me, "Be you." He said, "Don't worry about how you talk. Don't worry about your don't worry about your accent." He was like, "You you know enough information in the way you say it, you're gonna capture more people's attention on just being you." And I, once he told me that. I I just took off. I just took off because they were trying to give me the you know a, a speech pathologist 
and all that good stuff. And my producer, he was like, hell no, nah, we ain't doing none of that with Ike. Like I get, I get about to sound like everybody else. Just let Ike be Ike and the ratings will go through the roof. I'm telling you. Smart. What happened? Smart. And our, our people that watch this show, Ike, I always like it's that, it's that New Orleans and it's the Cajun twang. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I've learned to embrace it, Ike. I like that more the Cajun twang. I like that, but I got I gotta use that. Ike, you're the absolute best. This has been an awesome show. And I'm excited to be talk with you in the coming weeks as we get closer to the draft. Um, next week's gonna be all catered. We're gonna get you ready for Super Bowl 57, Ike. Wouldn't be surprised if we have more guests pop up here on the show too. Uh, go check out, you know, talk with Joey Christopoulos of Believe right. in Bears. He co-hosts with Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end. Uh, you know, we had Craig Wolfley on several weeks back. We're going to keep getting better and better guests this year, Ike. So we've got the big game in Super Bowl uh, 57, Chiefs and Eagles. And then once we get into the offseason, Ike, to where the action's done, I honestly think that's where you shine the best in your evaluation with scouting ahead of April's draft. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Ike, I want to thank you. I want to thank the Believe Network, our presenting sponsor today, betonline.ag. And the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show, keep rocking with us. We're going to give you the best insight for the rest of this season, well into the offseason as well. So keep here. Give us that five-star view on Apple and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube as well, tap that subscribe button, share the show with a family or a friend. Yeah, one thing, believe it, it's still this podcast. One thing, you, Mark, as well. Uh, got to give a huge shout out to betterline.ag. And got to give uh, a big shout out to all the viewers who view us. Make sure y'all hit that five star rating as well. Um, but man, I appreciate everybody just tuning in to Mark and I. Uh, thanks for giving us y'all time and y'all ears uh, for, for listening to our show as well. A lot of valuable insight there, Ike. And I'm excited to talk Super Bowl 57 with you next week. Until then, We'll see you next time. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.